Yes, yes. Well, Jackson, it's uh, the Tim McKernan Show podcast, and we're in the Longo Big Studios. And really, for the first time since we started doing this QFTA Daily, uh, news has just come across my desk. I was in the same studio with Darren Atkins. You know him as the Plowhawk. When news came across the wires, we say, in 1963, that the Cardinals signed Matt Carpenter. And alas, I had no idea. So the Plowhawk had to leave. We just got done with the sound story. Jackson and I are sitting in the studios. It's 128 on Friday, January 19th, 2024. Um, and the Plowhawk had to leave right at 1 o'clock. So we got done, wrapped up the sound story. I was talking with the gentleman and his daughter after we got done with the sound story. And I had no idea about it. I mean, it'd be very odd if I'm like, the gentleman's telling me his life story and I'm asking questions, but I'm scrolling through Twitter. So I have no idea. I still, I still don't know details. I'm going to be asking you details. I guess I got to go into the YouTube because I'm sure people are going to be ready to go here. Um, and so we get done and Peter Rep, who's our general manager for sound story, he goes, Oh God, I'm so upset. The plowboy had to leave. And I go like, you're upset about it. I go, Why? And he goes, I mean, I can't, I would have loved to have had him stick around after the Cardinals do. And I go, what's the Cardinals? They signed Matt Carpenter. I go, you're fucking with me. <laughs> nope. What a moment. Nope. What a moment. One year deal. Why couldn't this happen like at That's not, like 7.30 today? I'm telling like, it's the f- longest possible distance between show to show, Friday morning after 10 o'clock yeah. to Monday morning at 7.07. You'd have to think that the Cardinals front office is aware, just like when uh, Mizzou releases their uniforms, you know, right, like 10.15, yeah. you know, just to get by us. I think it was strategic. Yeah, I think this might have been strategic. Oh, Jackson, I am, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to say anymore. Because I don't know what to say anymore. I'm going to just read it. Cause I, I, like I said, I was doing a sound story and Matt Carpenter is back with the St. Louis Cardinals, the formal three-time all-star returns to the club that drafted him a one-year deal with, it was announced oh that was just phrased odd it was announced on friday he fills out the cardinals last remaining 40-man roster spot so they sent uh james nail over to korea and people were thinking oh it's going to be a reliever and started getting their hopes up but they cleared that roster spot for matt carpenter oh my god carpenter who's 38 returns to the cardinals after having spent big league time with the yankees and padres after leaving st louis following the 2021 season his most recent stint in the majors came in 2023 with the Padres. He batted 176, perfect, with five home runs and a 641 OPS in 76 games for San Diego. He was traded to the Braves this offseason, but was released three days after the deal was made between the Braves and Padres. Carpenter's one-year deal with St. Louis is worth the league minimum, which is $740,000 for 2024. Atlanta will pay what remains from the two-year $12 million deal Carpenter signed with the Padres in 2023. Uh, this story was just posted 20 minutes ago on stltoday.com, and I see the commenters are not happy, Jackson. There are 60 comments. Uh, it's, I don't know, man. Like, if it's taking away a spot for some young player who could use some development up at the 40-man, then it's like, what are you doing? But if it's like they couldn't round out that spot, so we'll bring back Carpenter, I guess his upside for being paid league minimum is worth it. 
and we'll bring them back for the nostalgia purposes. Although I can't imagine St. Louis's t- the taste Matt Carpenter left in St. Louis's mouth is too pleasant for most. Whereas like Lance Lynn. So here here's this this is this is this is Orlovsky, and in the sense that. I'm just getting the story, and now I'm going to have a grand reaction to it, but right. it is genuine. Yeah. One of my contentions with the Cardinals, as odd as it might be, uh, is I think you can actually make a case that if you want to go to 2020, because you got to take the Stanley Cup year away from the Blues, so the start of both their seasons in 2020, which I mean, I'm, this is this is carefully crafted the way I'm starting this, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, because the Blues were the best team or one of the best teams in the NHL when the pandemic shut the season down. Right. But the Cardinals and Blues have kind of been about the same since then. Mm-hmm. Without question, the Blues have greater equity in the market. Yes, with a great. And Doug Armstrong has greater equity than John Mazalek, without question, although I would say his equity now is less than it was on December 1st before Craig Berube was fired. Yeah. And I, and because I'm not necessarily interested in, like, you know, the Blues power play and what the problem was last night in Washington or, you know, the Cardinals and the bullpen, like those kinds of things, that's just not where I am um, as far as the things that I can be interested in having a conversation about i'm more interested in kind of the macro topics as you know from setting up the today we have the little piddles friday six shoot that's right uh the why why is it that the cardinals for all of their success that if you were to ask around the country with baseball fans successful organizations and give me five over the last decade i bet people would think of the cardinals yeah. Even though, really, over the last decade, it hadn't been that great. But they're just, they're just always there, and you just think of them as a successful team. I think probably similar, like, in a way to the Packers, not because the market's being small, but just kind of always there. They're always in the mix. Maybe Steelers, Steelers. for example. Steelers, yeah. but the Steelers haven't won a Super Bowl in a while. So with, with that all said, then you go, okay, then why is it that the fan base is so irritated and on edge and I would say one goes about things handling it in a more seemingly genuine and authentic way, which is why the Bruby thing really da- did some damage to that. And now that they've lost three in a row, the I think now people might be taking a step back and going, oh, hold on a second, maybe Drew Bannister isn't the second coming, and go, what the hell are they doing? You know, they're six points back of a playoff spot. Not going to get into the minutiae of that. And then the Cardinals... Because John Mazalak's lack of popularity predates the Blues winning the Stanley Cup. It absolutely does. It goes back a long while, I think. Ten years? I don't know. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's kind of just been like this steady blue chip stock of going up. Yeah, because 2011, I assume, his stock was as high as it's ever been. That's so, I mean, that that's going to get me going down a, <laughs> a rabbit hole. But, I mean, that's the thing that Joe Strauss said, and I think he was planning on writing a book. You know, I Joe never said this to me, whether it be on the air or off the air. But my sense is, if you want to do an autopsy on that and take it back to that, that with, I gather he knew that there was a chance La Russa was leaving or he knew he was leaving. Ah, if he would have known, he would have reported it but knew that it was live, knew Pools was a free agent, yeah. knew, therefore, Dave Duncan's situation, of course, tied in. 
and that in Mazalak's tenure, which began in 2008, mm-hmm. and then you had the 2009 season, which was a great team but didn't win a playoff game, 2010, good team, didn't go to the playoffs, and then it looked like in August of 2011 or even September of 2011 that that team wasn't going to make the playoffs, that you could have had the organization totally turn over, not just from the manager spot and Albert Poole's spot, but also, I think, and I don't know this, but it certainly would have been reasonable to go, okay, well, it's back-to-back years. They didn't make the playoffs. And one year in his tenure, they did win the division. But other than they didn't, make, they didn't win a series, didn't even win a game, we're going we're gonna to just totally flip this thing around. But instead, they have that run in September of 2011, win the World Series, and while La Russa retired and Pujols left, they immediately bring in Beltran. Berkman sticks around. And the organization doesn't necessarily have an incredible year in 2012. They were a wild card team mm-hmm. and played a one game wild card and then went on a run uh, in 2012 to get up a 3 1 on the Giants yep. before losing that series lead. But then that continued into 13 and a pennant winning team and 14 and another team that went to the NLCS and then 15, a 100 win team. But what if, and this was Strauss's big thing, what if that September 2011 doesn't happen? And my, my belief is, and of course Joe's not here for me to ask him, but my belief is I think he thought Mazalek would have lost his job. That's what I think. So then the, the organization has success, and you can't deny the success. But I know that there are baseball people who feel like as, as good as those teams were in 12, 13, 14, and 15, they should have won another World Series. And this isn't like guys with Twitter followings. These are guys who played and or were with the organization and felt like they just didn't have the managerial strength. Um, I have had first-person conversations with people you would recognize, multiple people you would recognize if given the names, like, man, what a shame that we didn't capitalize on how good those teams were in 12, 13, 14, and 15. So then you look at 16, 17, 18, whatever 2020 was, 2021 was a playoff year by definition, but it was a one-game playoff year. 22 is a division winner, but swept out of the playoffs. That you got to go back to what? Winning game five against the Braves? Am I right for a playoff win? Is that yeah. the last time they won a postseason game? 2019 game five. Okay, that's a, you know, that's a good long while. Yep. So it's understandable while people are irritated because this isn't like what I grew up with in the 1980s. Well, if you just got to the playoffs, it means you had an incredible year because only four teams did. Right. Now it's a bunch of that people are frustrated. So how, what am I getting to here? The Cardinals, for whatever reason, and part of it, I think, was a display this past week at the winter warm-up where Mazalak acknowledged it, that we've had some arrogance. But I think that arrogance is not the core issue. The arrogance is what has led to tone-deaf behavior. And that is what I want to focus on here. I don't know if in the last decade there has been a player, and maybe you'll be able to point one out immediately, that has been more of a poster boy for not just polarization, and I wouldn't say amongst the fans because all the fans were against him, not because they disliked him, but because they're just like, this guy's terrible, why keep playing him? But between the organization and the fan base, then Matt Carpenter in part because of his performance, but more so, truly, this is not a results-oriented thing. The day, I believe we were doing TMA at KFNS, the day 
they announced that he was getting a contract extension. I think we were doing the show. I think it happened then. Although that would be weird that an, uh, an announcement would come out in between 7 and 10. But I remember going, oh, I wonder what this is. And then when I found out it was an extension for Matt Carpenter, I went, why are they doing this? There's no need to do it. Like, that's kind of why I thought they would do it with Goldschmidt, because they do unnecessary extensions. And then you go, that's a self-inflicted wound. That's unnecessary. That was unnecessary. It's not like the Matt Carpenter market's heating up. He's under contract. You don't need to do this. And then you created a problem. And you just go, why are you doing the things that you do? And if you are, I'm not saying, like, you can't, if you're in a business, you can't go, oh, well, the people are saying it, so therefore you got to do what the people say. That's not the way that it works, because oftentimes the people don't know plenty of the things going on behind the scenes that make what they may think they want not realistic. But th- this isn't radio, or this isn't some privately held business. There are statistics, and there are games that are played in public, and you have that information. And it's clear what you have here. And you also are aware of what the tone of the fan base is. And Mazalek j- joked again last week about getting booed. I don't know if you could sign someone who would piss people off as much as this. Now, as you said, from a baseball standpoint, it's probably immaterial. He's going to make three-quarters of a million dollars, and whereas probably anybody who's listening to this would love to have a a salary for the year of three-quarters of a million dollars, to the Cardinals, it's relatively speaking nothing. You know, I mean, it's less than, what's my math on the fly here? It's less than 0.5% of the payroll. Yeah. But with that said, what are you really going to get out of it? Now, maybe he comes in here and goes off. You know, we can play this and go, ah, Tim was wrong because, of course, everybody else was high on it. Right now. <laughs> but I just, it always goes back to some of the things I think we talked about yesterday, the juice being worth the squeeze. And it's just one of those things. It's not like the off season, even though, man, where they were in spin mode at the winter warm-up. But, you know, Mo immediately tended to the pitching, and I'm like, oh, my God, we're doing this thing again with older pitchers, the J-Hap, John Lester thing. He didn't. He tended to innings, and I'm and I'm fine with it. I've said it over and over again. I love that these are short-term deals with Gray and uh, Gibson and, and Lynn in that they're not five-year deals. But, I mean, you're not going, okay, here we go. This, thing's, this thing is ready to take on the – the Braves and the Phillies and the Dodgers. And so I'm going, I just don't get how you aren't like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, not that he's around, but like if the blues are like, we fired Bruby, but we're bringing back Eric Brewer. And like people just go, ah, <laughs> like, you, like the Matt Carper thing has the same kind of. Yeah. So when it happened, I'm just like, I can't believe like, like my phone and not necessarily people I'm like always texting with just like people like, is this real? You know? And it's just a tone-deaf move. It's just not, like, if Matt Carpenter hadn't played here for a number of years, and he's probably a great guy. I mean, I interviewed him, and he did a great interview on TMA one time. All indications are. But if, like, he just had spent most of his career with, like, the Angels, would they be doing this? No. It's like this, they just, it's like the guy who just keeps banging ex-girlfriends. You go, okay, you know, it's over <laughs> you know i mean Let the reunion go. like are they just like boy we got to do nostalgia just because we got to get people on this i just for the life of me like i'm not i'm truly not angry and doing the orlowski thing i'm not i'm just like i'm, I'm frustrated because it's such a self-inflicted wound not that from a baseball standpoint because i don't think it, like if he does something and you're you spent seven fifty thousand dollars it really is nothing in baseball it's 
borderline minimum wage. But all it's going to do is give your fan base that's already not real enthralled with what you're doing more irritant. And I just don't know what you're getting out of it. And I just I I just think it's one of those things that I'm just like, God. I think the world of Bill DeWitt Jr., the chairman, I think the world of Bill DeWitt the third, I really do like John Mazzella, which I know like you can't say that, but I really do. I like him and I in a way I feel badly for him because I think he's trying to be funny a lot of times and people don't pick up on it. And if he just wouldn't tie a sweater around his neck, that'd be such a huge step in this market in particular. Just like fans loved the fact that Whitey Herzog could be in a boat with Jack Buck drinking bush beer, but then Tony LaRusso came here and he drank wine and said he didn't eat meat. And as dumb as it is, that stuff plays in certain markets one way and plays in certain markets another way. But God... It's the organization I grew up cheering for. It's the reason why I do what I do. And I think, why do they do these things that are just easily avoidable to not incense an already pissed-off fan base? Yeah. That's the end for me. Thank you. Like if it, like, like what kind of what you're saying. Like, if it was just baseball, like, and this was just a baseball team that wasn't watched by millions of people, it's like, yeah, okay, I guess I could see the sense in it to an extent. I mean, I don't know, obviously, the full details of the 40 man and who's not going to be there and who will be there because of this move. But like you said, like, yeah, it probably is nothing. He's making nothing. And if he's productive at all, it's worth it. But major league baseball, especially now with everything going on with the TV money and the, the, the downturn and viewership, there's a, a very human element to it. There's a PR touch to it. And I just imagine whoever sent out that press release, like slamming their laptop as fast as humanly possible after hitting send. Cause it's like, you know, like there's no way that you're, they're like blindsided by the reaction to this. That's, there's no way. That's the, that's the thing. There's no way. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know. I just, I, I, I it's like, it's like I'm watching something that I loved lose its way. Both the game, but then also the team that's under the umbrella of the game. And again, in the whole scheme of things, this is this is truly immaterial. It just keeps going back to my master's thesis on the Cardinals, especially Cardinals versus Blues, and why the Blues have you know the benefit of the doubt and the Cardinals don't. And I just keep going back to tone deaf, tone deaf. And I think the tone deaf in part is because forever, and by forever I would go probably back to 1982, because in their bad years, and maybe it's not a coincidence that their bad years were the years when the football Cardinals had moved and the Rams weren't here yet. I know this predates you, but the early 90s. So their only competition were the Blues. And I think even Blues fans who are old enough to remember this would acknowledge the Cardinals are in one world and the blues were in another it's not the way that it is anymore and maybe it's also not a coincidence that they've taken their foot off the gas ever since the rams looked i don't know you know i mean there are two division championships in there but there isn't anything else right there was the 2020 playoffs which you know i you could you could say tim i'll give you 10 grand right now if you can name the nlcs and alcs from 2020 and i couldn't do it um and then there was, by definition, the playoffs in 2021. But it was a one-game, how do you do? And I don't believe they scored a run. They did not. And then 2022, a little drive-by for two games. Yep. How do you do? And then finishing with 71 wins last year. 
And so this, as John Mazzella, he used the word, and I appreciate it because I'm like, okay, he's kind of this arrogance that was that was earned, though. They sure. deserved it. It's sure. like take your pick of whatever golfer, or boxer, or individual sport showing up, going, yeah, I don't, I'm here to win. I'm not here to make the cut. I'm going to win. And if I don't win, I'm going to be pissed. They earned that. They absolutely earned that. But now they've earned the criticism, and this is just one of those moves that, again, I want to keep – it's like, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter, but it's just like it's like the one thing they could do as far as an acquisition goes where people would go, what the fuck are you doing? Especially since they weren't. They said they weren't going to spend any more money. And then they go and spend, you know, again, <laughs> yeah, what, is, what is the equivalent to, like, a minimum wage, you know, hourly worker, but for baseball, and you go, what are you doing? And I just and I just sit there and I go, there are there, – there are three people, I think, running that organization. I think Bill DeWitt III is probably way more active now than he was a few years ago, Bill DeWitt Jr. and um, and John Mazalak. And I'm just like, there needs to be somebody in the room who goes, you know, let's let's think about this, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because all it is now is just a bunch of negativity. And if your big statement for the offseason is we don't know what the future of the organization's television revenue is, so we've got to be cognizant of the gate revenue, you've just so therefore your on field product is more important than recent years mm-hmm. because you don't have the certainty of that guaranteed television revenue. You've just hurt your approval rating by bringing somebody on. Yeah. Yep. And unless he comes in here and goes off, it's going to be like, what in the hell? Well, it's good we have car. I mean, we're just now like it's like the show. Like, at first, like this is great right now. It's kind of amusing right now. But, like, we're going to be hearing about Matt Carpenter, and there'll be texts, especially on Balloon Party, about Matt Carpenter. It's the bright, shiny object, right. you know? Right. Like, you go, okay, I get what you're doing with the Lynn and Gibson thing. I, th- I don't know how many other people are, like, raving about, and I wasn't raving. I'm just like, I think I see what they're doing with this offseason, and I'm all for it. Not because I think they're going to be a great team, but because they're 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 mitigating risk. It's a smart move to do when you have uncertain times. Be ridiculously irresponsible to go bat crap. Fans may love it financially. I mean, spending dollars right, right, right. at this moment, but it would be irresponsible, and it's not how they operate, which is a good thing. But then you do this, and it's just like, oh, you know, for some reason we just decided to grab a bat and hit ourselves over the head. Are you entertained? <laughs> Anyway, I don't know, Jackson. I wasn't planning on this being the topic, but uh, people are certainly here. Let me see what we got going. I'm in the YouTube chat right now. Carl Pelker, always the leadoff hitter. Are the Cardinals really bringing Matt Carpenter back? Yes. Uh, get Plowsy on the line and let him cook. Oh, can we get him on the phone? I think he had to, he had to like go pick up a car or something. Mm. Like I'm not making this up. I can, I can give him a call, see if they answer. It's pretty <laughs> funny if I can get him on. Absolutely. Why yeah, not? Uh, he's DNA says, hi, Tim. Mike Schwartz. Hi, Tim. What's up, Jackson? His salsa tastes like ragu. Hashtag trash. That's from Engine Joe. Uh, what in the world are they doing? Is he retiring? That's from Brad. I hate this signing. Full stop. Thank you for the full stop. Pastry chef named Mesfin. Jackson, in as much shit as you get on 101 and take it and take it like a champ, you are entertaining and do a good job. That's from Alexander Colton. I think that's he sent him an email yesterday. FedEx something. FedEx that? Colton. There you go. Thanks, Alexander Colton. Uh, can't wait to hear Plowsy's take. I agree with you, Mike Schwartz. How would you feel being sent to Korea just to open a spot for Matt Carpenter? That's from Carl <laughs> Pelker. Well, it did indeed happen with Jimmy Nail. Um, the Veiled Prophet says Mo just said that all signed players, thirty-five and older, get free housing at the Gatesworth. 
Fat Bob Hoosier. We need to hear from the Plowboy. Uh, I think Goldschmidt is in his last year here. That's from Carl Pelker. I think that's live. I also, this is an aside. I, it's somewhat related. I really wasn't planning on talking about the Cardinals at all. We've gotten so many emails now with doing QFTA Daily that I was planning on going down that road, but that will not be the case today. And i got to go pick up uh, my son here relatively soon. He's got to skate. Um, but I'd, I'd just really be curious, like if I could, if I knew them, like I knew some of the guys on those 04 teams, 05 teams, 06 teams, where we would sometimes just bullshit and it was understood that I wasn't going to go running, you know, to the Channel 4 or to KFNS or whatever the hell I was doing. And I'd be, if I were sitting here with Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, and I was like, what do you guys think of what they've done the last two off seasons? And, uh, and I just can't imagine they'd be playing. I mean, Goldschmidt's so... But Arnado's got to be like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck. I really don't. But it's the thing with the Dodgers. You know, I don't know. Uh, the Plowhawk is on the line. QFTA live. Ladies this is huge. Ladies and gentlemen, the Plowhawk. Plowhawk, you and I are doing a sound story, a wonderful sound story, by the way. He was fantastic. That guy was so great. I mean, holy he was crap. I, I, I don't know if, we, if that's one that we could make public or not, but that would be a wonderful one. But anyway, so you're, we're sitting here. Peter Reps here, our general manager for Sound Story. You're running the board. I'm doing the interview. The gentleman and his daughter are in here. We get done, and you have to run, and you had said from the get-go you needed to go pick something up at 1 o'clock. And then Peter goes to me, man, it sucks. Plowboy had to leave. And I go, what? You know, he said he had to leave at 1. And he goes, no, because of this Cardinals. He's like, what Cardinals? He goes, they signed Matt Carpenter. I go, oh, my God. I didn't, I didn't know what time it was because I just got on Twitter because, you know, you guys were doing the interview. Um, and so I was just kind of perusing and saw a couple of notifications, which is kind of rare for my Twitter. I'm pretty much dormant unless I tweet out a hot take that goes wrong. Um, and so I looked, and I assumed you saw that sometime during the balloon party uh, show. No, so no, I had no. no idea you didn't know that at the time, which no. is super funny. No, no. So now that we all are on the same page and – Matt Carpenter is coming back. Your reaction? I, I have no idea what this. I don't really know what they're doing. You know, they've gotten a lot older. You know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's what a lot of teams are know, looking to do. And maybe they're trying to push for those. You know, maybe some hub around sponsorships, and maybe they need to get a couple players that maybe could use them. I'm not sure. When they said they wanted swing and miss stuff. I thought they meant from the pitching side. Well, I got to tell but you, now, that, that needs to be on the Twitter timeline. <laughs> now I understand that they were actually looking for swing and miss stuff from a 36-year-old, is he? I, I don't know what age he is. He's uh, older than that. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay, that. so it makes zero sense. And if it's for, like, being a mentor or, you know, like, hire him as a coach, I'd be fine with him as, like, a bench coach or if you want to kind of have – but you can't have a guy, regardless if you're making – only 750000 He'd taken up a roster spot, and he had 176 last year. He had double the strikeouts as hits. He I don't did. know what more I need to go. This man is know. speaking the truth. He isn't making things up. And Matt Carpenter's 38, Plowhawk. God, that is – God, I thought when I said 36, I thought it was a terrible guess. I thought it'd be like 32. God, he's almost 40. So it's another farewell tour. And let me tell you, very smart strategy – I bet they got the bobblehead makers and the works. They're going to have some sort of salsa theme night where, you know, Wainwright comes out with a guitar. His hair is all slicked back. He's wearing a white beater. He's jamming to the crowd of festive <laughs> eaters. And here's Lars Newt Bar. 
giant in pepper grinders as you have in the background, Mosellock and DeWitt just putting stacks of cash in the money counter machine. Like that. It's so perfect. Like it's so the Cardinals the last five years to have two all star caliber players surrounded by has beens, never was, and low hanging fruit. And then you pepper in a couple of nostalgic players so these Festus fives can come pouring in to get a bobblehead. You sell your three million, lose ninety games. You know, Marmol had a great year. He's coming back next year. You just wash, rinse, repeat this. And I love every second of this. By the way. I mean, you you couldn't have you could have written that out, and I would say it wasn't even better for that to come off the top of your head after Jackson just called you randomly. I mean, that's that needs to be and sent by the way, out. I just got done eating a nice quarter pounder and oh, nice. nice apple pie. So I'm Good. I'm fueled and ready to go. So I'll probably hop back on Twitter. Yeah, I bet um, I bet you're gonna have a big afternoon. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, Madison. You know, she's kind of upset that she have no time for me because I'm just gonna be all on Twitter. So it'll be exciting stuff for me today. And I am very surprised that you guys called, but I, I love giving hot takes. Oh, yeah. Well, when thing. this happened, I mean, when Peter said that to me, I go, oh, my God, I had no idea it happened. I didn't even know. I still hadn't even read the story about it. And I go, I want to text the Plowhawk about it. By the way, uh, John Mazalek uh, on the signing of Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter was someone that we were always fond of when he was here. And as we were looking at our club right now, we definitely wanted to try to find someone with some experience who's been through some things. And, you know, speaking with Ali Marmol and his group, we thought this would be a pretty good fit. So there it is. I mean, this circle jerk fest they got there. And they great, man. They got the best spin team in the world, bro. Their PR team is fantastic. So that's a good way to spin a 38-year-old has-been. Who currently? I mean, where where is he playing? Like, where he he can't be demoted to AAA. He never will. So he just kind of kind of sit there as a coach and get like one at bat a week. <laughs> I, I actually because he can't I, play defense, right? I you mean, know, it's I, it's. A, it, I have first. to tell you, it's a fair question. And now that you've asked that question, I really don't know. I guess he does well, he a pit stop a in DH in first base. I don't know what else it would be. Yeah, it would, I guess just be filling in first base when Goldie's out. No. But isn't that Contreras' kind of job, which is another <laughs> situation? What are they? Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know. They have such a bad roster. It's so bad, like you can't even tell who's playing where and at what time. <laughs> this is going to be great. This is, like I said, people, you know, I, I've had some bad takes in my day, but the last few Cardinal seasons have been some of the best entertainment for me personally, not probably for actual fans, but this has been great entertainment. Well, uh, your Twitter timeline will be, I can't wait to see what goes on this afternoon, and all it takes is one to somehow disagree with you, and then all hell breaks loose, and it's of course. It's, it's the best entertainment. Monday at 7.07, uh, give or take a couple minutes, uh, depending on what time I get there. Uh, can't come soon enough, because uh, you got your Packers tomorrow, and you got Matt Carpenter. It's a big weekend for the Plowhawk. And the Packers are rolling free money, baby. I mean, we shouldn't yeah, be here. Yeah, you got nothing to lose place. emotionally. You shouldn't even be there. Yeah, totally. No, yeah, like I'm going to have zero emotion. I hope we don't get blown out by 40. I mean, San Francisco hasn't been too kind to us in the past. But, yeah, this is all house money. So this could be a great weekend. I'll have my phone charged. This may be the weekend I have to buy a movie for my phone. <laughs> Plowhawk, thank you for dropping by the program. You did not disappoint. World and have a wonderful appearance. weekend. Can't wait to see the Twitter timeline. I love you, boys. We'll see you on There's, Monday. There he is, the great oh, Darren Atkins making a uh, pit stop. God, it's like he wrote it out. I, he just I'm, spit takes from so, the top of his head. So Plowsy, you know, a lot, oftentimes I think some of it might have to do with what he uh, partakes before the show. But, you know, he, he, speaks as, he speaks well. But when he starts talking about the Cardinals, 
it turns into yeah, like like yeah, a, he, like Jay Z truly does get angry. I think somebody made the observation yesterday on the show, and I don't know what he was talking about that had him all worked up about money and how like his takes revolve around like not liking people with money, and so like I said, if Mozilla conducted himself like Doug Armstrong did, yeah. I doubt the plow. I doubt. Now I don't know, but I doubt the plowhawk would feel the way that he feels about him. And that's kind of one of the things that I think is the core is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to spin what's going on here, but I'm just saying that I think it's the it's it's. I mean, who in St. Louis dresses, talks, you know, the words? Nobody that public. Yeah, I mean, they're, but they're, but even like if I, you know, I mean, when I'm playing golf, like that's where I would cross paths potentially, theoretically, theoretically, right. theoretically. And if I ran into somebody who was acting like that, I'd be like, oh, I don't really want to. But the thing is, he's a good. He's really is. He's like a. Good, he's like a good man. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. He's a real big smartass. But if you don't know, like, there's sometimes like we'll see it on Balloon Party. Like they don't know. Right. What I'm like, yeah. What we know, do, like when I'm like, you know, I mean, my 20 year Hall of Fame career, you know, like, right, like, right. like to me, I'm like, it's so obvious I'm being a smartass. <laughs> but if they don't know, yeah. you know, right, <laughs> like, hold on a sec, I have to tell you, like, I'm being a smartass. Mm-hmm. But he, but, but, but the sweater and the whole, th- and then, so then when you just keep, you keep doing things and then i guess the one big free agent so what was the biggest free agent signing free agent like not from the cardinals not a re-sign okay so not an arenado not a gold schmidt extension what would it have been before contreras i mean i i know this isn't fair this is the type of shit i think it'd be dexter fowler 2016 yeah. i think and hayward before that Hayward was a trade. Okay. Yeah. Shelby Miller. Then it's Dex. So then you can go back to an Oscar Tavares and begin a whole separate podcast on the impact of that. Right. Totally. Um, So you've had two big position player signings, I think. And I guess I'll open up the YouTube chat in case I'm missing one. Yeah. Andrew Miller, but I don't know if that would be a big. But I'm saying, but position player, I said. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then Dex. Dex and Wilson Contreras. I think. Yeah. Unless I'm forgetting one that weren't a part of the team already. Yeah. And they've been as and the Contreras one, and that for whatever reason, when I get worked up, I'm not anti Wilson Contreras to be crystal clear, because I don't know why when I say this, you see the text inbox on TMA, and sometimes on Bloom Park. Why do you hate? I'm not. I don't hate Wilson Contreras. I don't like the deal. I didn't like the deal in the moment. I think it is a, if you're trying to sign a catcher, sign one who's 25 or 27, and then sign him for a few years. And if you're gonna go five years, okay, fine, but make sure he's that age. And then also somebody who it's not like was always playing catcher. I just never understood, number one, why they prioritized catcher that offseason as if you can replace Yadi or Molina, whose success is really based more on abstract than the numbers that will be held up if and when the time comes that he goes into Cooperstown. Because plenty of people around baseball outside of St. Louis will go, why the hell is this guy going to the Hall of Fame? Look at his war. Look at his, you know, and they'll pull out Jason Kendall and go, what the, you know, that, that whole thing. Yadier Molina brought so much to the table that you can't trace on a baseball card. But it's irreplaceable. It's like I said yesterday on the podcast, was saying to the Plowhawk today and Peter Rep, Iggy is irreplaceable. And if you look, you go, guy who produced at 40 different stations and got fired 20 times, fine, you can say all you want, but I'm telling you his personality is irreplaceable. You can't find anybody else like that. 
So, like, if Iggy were to leave the show, I wouldn't go, let's find another Iggy. There's no other th- Iggy. Right. That's it. Right. There's no other Yadier Molina. Yeah. The Iggy Yadier Molina comparison is in the books. For, yeah. And, and, and that, it's been said many times. And that's just the tip of the iceberg on, the, on the comparisons. <laughs> so, I didn't get that. And then I didn't get, and it's like, yeah, Wilson Contreras is trying to get, I think it was three years or something like that. And that's the, the thing that the Cardinals and the Giants are arguing back. When the next thing you know, they give him five. And I go, what the fuck? And then a month in, they're like, oh, we kind of knew he was going to have to take some time to learn how to catch. I go, learn how to catch? He caught a World Series. What the fuck are you doing? And then you got the Dexter Fowler thing. And in both Contreras and Dexter Fowler, I, I guess I can't say I know, but from firsthand sources, that wasn't, they didn't want Dexter Fowler. They wanted Adam Eaton, not to say he was the second coming, and they didn't want Wilson Contreras. They wanted Sean Murphy. So then when it doesn't work out, you have to, you can't tilt and spew off your chips. You have to go, okay, shit. Let's let's figure out what Plan B is. Plan B can't be former Cubs and overpay them, and that's what they've done. And that and so you sit there and you look at this and you go, "Shit, I love the run they've been on, but just because the run they've been on has been so good, that doesn't mean that the process has been good. And the process is either outdated or it's messed up. And so the arrogance throughout the course of this has been based on the past." And that is why I think fans are going, and I think I think you also have running parallel to this is something that I personally disagree with, which is Bill DeWitt's hoarding money. I just don't, I just don't agree with that. Um, I just, it's just not. But then that gets into a whole like socioeconomic thing that I think is also the undercurrent is he's rich and he won't spend his money. It doesn't matter. He's a billionaire. He should spend his money. So he should operate at a loss and float the team. It's not the way. No, no salary cap. It's like, oh, well, then it's just it just that just gets into. But I just disagree. I, I will say this. They spend money. They've just spent it so poorly over the last decade. Holy shit. I mean, God, that it has rendered. Players who are either surefire Hall of Famers or borderline Hall of Famers to their careers in St. Louis disappointments as far as what they've accomplished when they're on on the team. Mm -hmm. And that is, who's that on? It's not on those guys. It's on the front office and who they're surrounded with. And initially you could blame the manager and Matheny was an easy target. But then people go, okay. Mike Schilt? Now, what the hell's that about? Like, okay, so Schilt's out now. Okay, what the hell's that about? Right, after I mean, going 17 and 1 to finish out his. So tenure. you just go, what, what's going on here? And then you do it. So again, I'm not, I, the Matt Carper, Matt Car, actually, the Matt Carper thing actually amuses me. Like, I'm glad. I wish it would have happened on a Monday instead of a Friday at like 12 30 or whenever it happened. Yeah, yeah. But. It's not. It's just. It's just another case of going. God, I, I feel like there are teams in each market where we in St. Louis wouldn't know. But if you were to like bounce around from Chicago, I, I gather it's either the Bears or the White Sox. I don't know which one. The Bears I've, I've, and their inability with the 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 ability yeah. to get a quarterback going back to God only knows who. Right. Uh, and the White Sox and just like somehow fumble fucking their way to a World Series nearly twenty years ago. But other than that, just. Uh, having young talent and kind and of then, pissing yeah, away. I mean, they were the team that people would have bought stock in five yeah. years ago, four years ago. But uh, each market has, I'm assuming they have, you know, multiple major league teams. Um, you know, I don't know, like in New York, I would guess the Jets are the joke because the Jets are just such a Jets, joke. Jets, Knicks, because of Dolan. Yeah. So anyway, but the Cardinals are like this, you know, old money, St. Louis Country Club blue chip, and I'm not talking about locally, although that's, probably all the case but 
I'm talking about like blue chip stock that if you were sports fans and you could buy like like there were franchises on DraftKings, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and you right. could buy them, and like the Jets would be six thousand dollars, and then you know I don't know who'd be the one that everybody buy stock in right now or the the the, the Scotty Scheffler John Rom play mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. that would be. I don't know if there's an obvious one. The Chiefs, hell, I don't know who it'd be. Um, the Cardinals would be up there. But like sharps would go, geez. I mean, you're you're putting you're buying the Cardinals at that price point based on the past, right? And so I think I think fans and so fans who are upset at the Dewitts based on money, and then fans who are more baseball nerds, the term I use, but baseball savvy, self indulgent, but but is more rooted in what the hell like. This is the risk of you two. I almost outed somebody. But somebody you know well who texts me a lot <laughs> about the Cardinals. And goes, what the hell are they doing? And, like, more worked up about it than me. Purists? Baseball purists? No, I, people, I don't know. If I say baseball savvy, it's like it's like saying, so we're savvy. That's not right to do. Enthusiasts? Just follow the game and aren't, like, upset about guys who are rich. You know, okay. whatever that would be. And I think the majority of I think it's I think it's subconsciously it's socioeconomic. Like Tom Stillman, oh, it's great that the Blues got in a playoff series for Tom Stillman. Is if Tom Stillman yeah. is like, you know, yeah, yeah I got to be careful, but like <laughs> living, not living in Ladue or something right, like right. that, you know. Not owning I'm sure he's team. fine. Yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like no, the man no. owns an NHL team. Right. It's not like he's trying to make <laughs> yeah. payroll. Yeah. It's, it's not, not like he flipped a format to the man <laughs> and the woman. It's not real lunch pail. Right. But he's a great guy, but sure. he's more hashtag relatable. Yep. Even though he's, you know, married to Jack Danforth's daughter. I mean, you know, which isn't, that's my guy. But I mean, you know, it's call what these things are. And it's just, it's it's tone deaf, which is why the blues, and I I sat there when Armstrong was doing that press conference. He did it during balloon party. And I remember him saying, you know, realistically, you know, best case scenario, third place this year. We're not there with the avalanche and the stars. And I'm going, I'm looking at the text inbox. And some people were cool with it. Most were like, what in the fuck? And I'm like, oh. This is so great. It's so healthy, you know? It's so, because it's so honest. Yeah. And then two months later, the same guy just, poof. Now, hey, like I said, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe there were things going on, and I don't know. But it's like, we kind of knew what the Blues were this year. That's fine. And then I watched Winter Warm-Up last weekend, and I'm going, oh, God, they're spinning the, the pitching staff into, like, look, look what we did. And then the Yadier Molina thing, when asked about it specifically, two reporters, John Mazalek's answer was a lot different than when he was doing the fan town hall. And the reporter's like, yeah, we're going to figure it out. You know, he's down in Puerto Rico, and when we get down to Puerto Rico, we'll talk with him. And I'm like, this guy's like, got just like a little, you know, hey, thanks for being great for a couple decades. We'll give you some money and maybe ask, you know, if Wilson Contreras is calling knuckleballs, <laughs> we'll ask you to tell him how to do this job. He isn't going to be real active, nor do I think he really wants to be. And I, I doubt they really want him to be deep down because, you know, he'd come in there and walk into Bill DeWitt's office and go, hey. Yeah. But then when you sat there and talked with the fans, it was like, boy, how excited are you? The Yachty's back. I'm like, but he isn't back. He isn't really back. And how, I mean, look what Mo did with the pitching. And I'm like, yeah, look what he did with the pitching. This isn't fixed. It'll be fine for the Central. But God, I just, and then, so then I'm sitting there, I'm going, well, this is disingenuous. And then because it's disingenuous, I go, God, they must be really concerned. Those are like the things that are firing in my mind. 
And then I'm, and what are they concerned? I'm not going, they're concerned about being a shitty team because they're probably going to win 85 games, give or take a few. I'm saying they're concerned about their business, not that they're going to go, God, how are we, you know, how are we going to pay bills? But like that things are going to be uncertain because of this television situation and need attendance and concession revenue. And that's a whole new world for this ownership group in particular. So I don't know if when I talk about this stuff, whether it be on TMA or Balloon Party or here, if I'm just like losing the audience and I'm too in the weeds on it, I don't know. But there's a it's it's not nearly the same thing with is the Rams thing at all. But as far as a storyline that intrigues me, um, comparable to that three or four year period with the Rams leading up to their move. This is the one, which is you have this organization that nationally would have like an 80-plus percent approval rating, but locally I think it's below 50%. And you have a guy who, if I'm not mistaken, I think Amsinger said John Mazzalek will be a Hall of Famer, right? I think I think I don't want to attach that. I don't remember if, if Okay, somebody that. of note okay. said that. Hmm. And if you said that, like if I tweeted that out, I mean, can you just imagine? Text like, Plowhawk that. <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. Like, there's this this huge chasm between the perception of the Cardinals nationally and locally. And I tend to be more on the side of the local. But the local chasm, I think, is more rooted in socioeconomic and almost like misinformation or lack of information or just pure I'm angry and you're rich and I'm not and you should be spending your money and you wear a bow tie then, hey, these guys actually are spending a lot, especially for the size of St. Louis. They're just doing a bad job at it, and that's where the focus is. But I kind of get it. The way you win arguments in general, but in particular in 2024, is not by putting up facts and giving a professorial lecture. It's by getting a catchy one-liner off and having it trigger emotion. That's how you win elections, and that's how you win arguments. Yeah, I think so much of it, too, is the Cardinals especially, and there's other franchises and cities that are connected like it, are such a part of this place, the St. Louis, I mean, identity. Like, it's so deeply rooted in the culture and the identity of the town. And so when people perceive it's being mishandled, it's almost like a, a strike to them personally. I would assume it's the same way with Pittsburgh and the Steelers, Dallas and the Cowboys, New York and the Yankees. Like, it's such a deep... That's interesting. That's a good observation. It's like such a deep part of the culture, so... If situations like this arise where it's not only being mishandled from on the field, but then the PR side of it, too, and it kind of like you never want like the national perception to be like, are the Cardinals falling from grace? Because that's like is St. Louis not like it's a shot at St. Louis. And so like this STL logo, man, that's like St. Louis's logo. It's not even with the Cardinals. Which then gets into again, this is the stuff that, that interests me more, which then gets into the free agent thing. Yeah. And so when somebody doesn't choose to sign here. That, even though you may not be aware of it, I believe, and I include myself in here, it's a rejection of the city, even if it may not be a rejection of the city. Yeah. It's taken as such. So the John Carlos Stanton one is is held up there. Uh, the Jason Hayward one. Um, you know, taking less money to go play for the rival Cubs, and then he wins a World Series on top of it. Uh, so then, like, his character, his leadership ability gets called into um, question. Um, 
And so I think that's a part of it. So that when free agents come here, people really want to see them succeed. And when free agents choose not to come here, people get frustrated. And the only reason they must not be coming here is because these two rich guys who aren't from here aren't spending their money. That's got to be the reason as opposed to, I don't really want to, you know, I don't really want to go there. It, but certain for certain people, Goldschmidt, Wainwright, Arenado, um, it, it, Holiday, it's like perfect. That's what they want. They're family guys who live for the game of baseball. And so it's perfect. Don't really care about, don't want. You think Paul Goldschmidt wants an endorsement deal? I mean, I guess he would like the money, but I'm sure he's not going, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay bills. He just wants to play baseball and be left alone. And God bless him, you sure. know? Sure. And Arnado is, like, so hungry for a championship. And I think that's what I was saying when you were getting Plowhawk on the line. I'd love to, and I just don't have that relationship with those guys like I did with some of those guys on those earlier teams. And I won't, you can't, you can't out of nowhere hit them with this type yeah, of stuff. Exactly. You do, yet that's developed over time. But I would love to know what Nolan Arenado's thinking, you know. And again, this is all spur. I mean, nothing really changed for the Cardinals today. I mean, in the whole scheme of things, this is entertainment. I'm sure it's so. I'm sure social media is fucking insanity right now. Correct. But it's not like, oh, well, they traded this guy to bring in Matt Carpenter. Nothing really changed. But I, for Nolan Arenado, I mean, in the two off seasons since he chose not to opt out, they've brought in Wilson Contreras. And Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and Andrew Kittredge. I think you got to count him because I think he's actually going to be mm-hmm. valuable, but I also know he's not a big name, yeah. uh, but he should be. He's super talented. He might wind up being the second biggest acquisition this offseason, um, even though it's not one that's talked about. So with that all said, yeah, I would imagine people are uh, pissy. Let me uh, drop into the YouTube chat and see what's doing. Um, at least I'm hearing a St. Louis sports media personality not carrying water for the Cardinals. It gets tiring hearing the same old shit on the radio. It's from Dr. Zoom. I'm not familiar with Dr. Zoom. Dr. Zoom, you must not be familiar with me. But, uh, you know, I mean, my opinions are, I'd like to think, I'd like to think you don't necessarily know where I'm going to be. I hope, because I know that that is what I like with people I either read or listen to is that, oh, it's this issue, so I know this person's going to say this, and I know that person's going to say that. You know, I mean, if I'm looking for entertainment, that's fine. But if I'm looking for, like, a real informed opinion, sometimes I would, like, this off season, I think people were thrown off when I was saying, oh, I like what the Cardinals have done. But I liked it through the lens of business. Baseball, I'm just like, they're so far away that it wouldn't be irresponsible for them to go. Yeah take your pick of whatever guys and signing them because they've got a real, they're in a real spot because of business reasons. Unless they know that the television thing's going to wind up working out. You can't, if your, if your television pays you 60 plus million and your payroll's 200 million, just think about whatever business you're in. It's real easy. I mean, I can apply it to podcast advertising, but it can be restaurants, whatever you're in and go, okay, holy shit, a third of our revenue is going away. Or a third of our revenue is uncertain, and we might wind up with 30 instead of 60, and our payroll's 200. Well, the math is, I mean, you're talking about a third. Mm -hmm. That counts. It would be irresponsible to do otherwise. Look at the Padres. The Padres are the one market kind of comparable to the Cardinals that decided, fuck it, we're going to go batshit. As it turns out, probably because the owner knew he was going to pass away. And he's like, fuck it, I want to bring a world championship to the city before I go. So... You had that outlier go on. And then what happens? They have to take out a loan to make payroll in San Diego in September. 
Not that the Cardinals would be in that spot. Let me make that clear. But the Cardinals do have some uncertainty. And it's really the first time that they've had this with this ownership group. They had uncertainty before, but that was with the brewery and after the passing of Gussie Bush in 89. So uh, that's that's the part of this conversation that stimulates me. I get very bored and my eyes glaze over. And it's, it's kind of like a tell in a discussion if somebody goes, yeah, and DeWitt's cheap. And I'm just like, okay. I, and I'm not saying that they don't, they're not fiscally responsible, but there's a difference between being fiscally responsible and being cheap. And I don't think they're cheap. I think they've spent money so poorly right. that, if anything, they've spent money like new money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And evaluate talent poorly as well. From a baseball standpoint, stay with me here. Like, mm-hmm. I, I actually like it because I think that their chance to win the World Series is better if they do what they did, spending, staying under $200 million and just trying to win the Central and get in and then run the table that way, then spend, like, Padres money like last year and try to be competitive with the Dodgers and the Braves in the overall stance. Could you start at the beginning again? Sure. I, so I, I want to make sure I follow you. Yeah. I, I think your big-picture questions. Sure. So I think the Cardinals have a better chance of winning the World Series by just winning the Central, getting into the playoffs, and then playing the 2006-2011 game, let's get hot and run it. And then trying to spend the money that it would require to be competitive with the Dodgers and the Braves in the overall sense. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't even know how somebody could like counter that. Right. So like you look at it and be like, well, they could have spent like an extra, you know, gone to 225 million. But then given the business context of it, it's like, is that worth it when you can have a good chance of winning the World Series relatively by just winning the Central and trying to run the shoot? Sure. I, I, I but to me, that isn't necessarily an endorsement of their model so much as it's a criticism of the playoff structure. Yes, and the, and the happenstance of the Central is dog shit. That, that's correct. Yeah. So if you are in the American League Central or National League Central, I would actually tell you that's probably in your best interest. Yeah, spend like spend At this moment. And this, by the way, might be something to keep an eye on over the next decade or 20 years in which players and those markets have the more capital and ability to and the desirability for the players, that's where you're going to see the better teams be. Yeah, we Doesn't might mean see. we're going to see world championships because, as we've seen, just roll the dice and, oh, look, it's a Diamondbacks Rangers year, of course. Yeah. You know, one's the sixth seed. Uh, but that, you know, I want to live in L.A. I want to live in San Francisco. I want to live in New York. I want to live in, you know, take your pick of wherever that that could be the case because, I mean, both centrals right now. I think if you look at Bovada – and the odds for the division-winning world champion, okay? So you get to bet yeah, yeah, a division. Yeah, right, right. Like, you can bet the, the world champion will come from the AL East, you know. The National League Central, I believe, is plus 1,000, and the American League Central is plus 1,300 or plus 1,350. Damn. And as you can imagine, the other four are yeah, way bet, lower like than the that. The West might be, like, plus 150. So, I mean, especially those West ones yeah. would be the ones to, to keep an eye on as, t- as time goes on. But that's not the way that it's set up anymore. It isn't the National League East and the National League West and American League East and American League West, where you win your division, now you're one of four teams competing for the World Series. You win your division, you're one of 12. And so it's changed that. So actually it lends itself to the Cardinals model, especially when the other four teams haven't done much. Yeah, the Cubs. I think the Cubs not spending money this offseason, another indication like Central's not great. We might have a chance to win the Central. Let's just, sure. let's just do it that agree. way. If all it would have taken would have been one. Yeah. But who's it going to be, realistically? It wasn't going to be the Brewers or Pirates. If nope. the Reds would have decided to do something, they've yeah. got young talent, but they need some Pitching. some more to get it over the top. But they still could get there in this particular division. So, yes, in that sense, 
I, I get everything that they have done this offseason. I even get the thing today if you look at it through a pure baseball lens. Because from the baseball lens, it's like it's no risk. Yeah, and there's some upside. But, from, but, the, but that's not the only part of the business. Just like PR and baseball isn't the only part of the business. There's corporate sponsorships. There's television, as we're hearing a lot about, and we should be. But it's the PR. And I'm just like, God. Same thing. I remember saying this. I think I said it off air to Demoff. And he, and he really took offense at it, too. And I wasn't trying to insult him. But I said, you guys just really could use somebody like a Mark Lamping who, you know, it's not because he's from St. Louis, but it's because he can relate to St. Louisans and they believe him. Armstrong's not from St. Louis. He's Canadian, for fuck's sake. But he resonates with St. Louisans. And there's a certain... And being authentic isn't a trend in St. Louis. It's a positive in most places, minus Instagram. And if you can gain the trust of the people you're talking to, I think whether they 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 like what they're hearing or not, like a guy standing here going, yeah, we're probably at best a third-place team, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And that is why I really do believe, Jackson, that if the Cardinals' television situation and the, and the RSN situation across baseball in general were stable, I really think the Cardinals would have looked at, for the first time in this ownership group's era, uh, turning the page in July of 2022, mm. 23, excuse me, um, with possibly, I don't know if I could call it a fire sale because that makes it sound like they're just getting rid of anybody just for anything, but going, okay, it's not going to happen. We're not close, but we're going to be, but it's just not there yet. So we're going to get, we're going to load up and trade Goldschmidt and trade Arenado and whoever else. But because I don't think they're feeling like they're in a spot where they can do that because they need the attendance they couldn't do that. And so instead, you're kind of hedging. It's the limbo that we talked about. That's the limbo that we're talking about. Because I think Cardinal fans would go, would almost like it to be refreshing to go, okay, Mm -hmm. there's a clear direction. It's not going to be 2004. It's not going to be 2000 through 2006. And then the next generation came in with a handful of the same players, 2009 through 2015. It's going to be the blues come grow with us. And yeah, it took a long time. And many of the guys who were, you know, around for the come grow with us were out of the game by the time they won the cup. Yeah. But there was a clear direction and it did lay the foundation for the team to get in the playoffs in 2009. I'm talking about the blues and then to have the run they had to get into the playoffs um, and making some runs um, in, in 2012. So I think that's what frustrates people is they feel like they're, they're not getting told the truth not that they're intentionally lying. They're just kind of bullshitting them yeah. in, 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 in spinning. Yeah. And that's what I saw last week at Winter Warm-Up. And so that's the tone-deaf thing that the Cardinals just, I just, for the life of me, that's what I, I you know. I've said this. I mean, I, I remember sitting in Zalek's office at spring training. God, it was so great. Because I'm like, I, if, you, if you said this shit, I mean, it was, certainly it was like, it was condescending, but it was condescending like in, like in a, Busting balls way, right, right? You know, like, and if you know him, you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're talking about one thing, and I'd love to talk about my follower and like how he was like somebody tried to insinuate he was a racist, and I go, how about that? Because I know he's. Not, I mean, that's just not even on the table. And I go, man, that would piss me off, man. I mean, I would get to the point of litigation on something like that. I mean, that's defamatory. Mm-hmm. 
And I go, what are you going to do? He goes, well, I'm just not going to talk to him ever again. It's just very simple. You know, I mean, you know, somebody like you, if you were to make something up about me, I just wouldn't talk to you again. And it was really, and I, I, and I, like Nirvana. I yeah, I mean, I'm like, I totally like <laughs> agree with it. Yeah. And I go, but okay, that's fine. I get that. But then I said, the fan base is pissed off. And this was right when they had signed Michaelis and Michaelis hadn't pitched here yet. And they wanted Lance Lynn, ironically. <laughs> And he goes, well, it's real simple. He goes, our projections show that Michaelis is going to have a much better year than Lynn. So that's that's the reason, if you'd like to tell fans that. <laughs> and it's very, it's very yeah. you know. Yeah, like a doctor almost. Yeah. yeah. Like an unapologetic. And I'm like, okay. But you like the tone. There's just, there's a, there's a, I don't know how to say it. Because I don't want to say there's a game. Because a game makes it sound like it's disingenuous or it's dishonest. Or premeditated almost. Right. But. There's just a, there's a way, and I think anybody can be taught it. So it's so that's the thing. So the Cardinals haven't had to change anything because it's been nothing but success financially and for the most part on the baseball field, which was why I thought it was so revealing that he said he actually said I think we've been arrogant. I go holy shit, this is great to hear, yeah. but then proceeded to turn it into they they had you know built the 2001 Diamondbacks rotation in November, right. and I'm going oh fuck. But at the same time, I understand why they got to do it. It just makes me go, oh, shit, they must be concerned if they're really, like, spinning this into we really got something here. And by the way, you say you can take any team in the Central and bet them right now. I would take the Cardinals to win the Central. So I want to make that clear. It's just because it's in the Central. You throw them in the East or the West, and I'm not taking the Cardinals to win the division. And I think people are just really tired of feeling like they're getting jacked around. And I think that's the, the core of it. But the thing is, I'm not sure that they're necessarily getting jacked around. I just think they aren't necessarily as... I, th- I think they could win people over if they had somebody. And maybe it'll wind up being Bill DeWitt third, Or maybe they, you know, they had Mark Lamping for a number of years. And it's not a coincidence as dumb as it is. He was a South County guy... Played soccer, worked for the brewery. I'm telling you, as stupid as this stuff sounds, especially if somebody were listening to this who's not from St. Louis, they go, why the fuck does that matter? And I go, I don't know how to answer it. All I can tell you is I know it does. That if people, especially in this market, which is so provincial, have someone saying, here's the deal. This is why it is the way that it is. But trust me, we're working to get it right. People in this market will give you the benefit of the doubt, in part because what else are you going to do, but also in part because that's the nature of people from St. Louis. And right now, I just think there is this distrust chasm, and I hate to see it. And so while, again, to put a bow on this thing, because i got to pick my son up for a skate, uh, he's on the ice, Jackson, at 315. Hell yeah. So I'm now, I'm now up against it, and I just looked at the clock to realize it. Uh, Today is not, you know, the Cardinals didn't go from a World Series contender to an also-ran. If anything, this is just entertainment. It truly is because it's immaterial. But it's tone deaf also. It's just a move that, you know, hey, you know, we can get them for basically the league minimum. There has to be somebody that goes, God, it's going to get people so pissed off. And we've got to be aware that fans are pissed off, even if we don't think they should be. And we think this team is going to win 92 games it just isn't it isn't worth it or maybe say you know like like when spring training gets going maybe like have him be a non-roster invitee just like 
you know, people are still there are people who haven't been following it closely who still think they're in the mix for Montgomery and Snell. And so it's like, oh, they cleared a roster spot. Holy shit. Let's go. Right. Who would they get? Matt Carpenter. Oh, you're fucking with me. Uh-huh. Who'd they get? Matt Carpenter. You're fucking with me. Matt Carpenter. And then it's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And there's just a way to I don't know. I mean, I'm sitting here talking like I know. I mean, these guys are billionaires and multi-multi-millionaires. What do I know? I'm doing a podcast. Um, but anyway, those are my thoughts. Time to go. I was playing. We had so many good emails. Keep sending them in. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Great to have as many people live streaming for this. So what I've been talking about, what I've been saying. When there's big news, we can pop up and go live. And here you know? we are. And here we are. This was by accident. We were always planning on doing QFTA. I got to go. My boy's on the ice. Uh, Jackson, have a wonderful weekend. You too, man. Uh, to our listeners and viewers, have a wonderful weekend. This has been the Tim McKernan Show from the Longo Big Studios.